everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 78, and I'm talking with Sarah Holsapple. Hello. That's me. I'm in her house right now, so I'm doing my intro a little bit different today. Yeah, because you think that I can help, I think, <laughs> which well, I'll probably mess you up. Normally, I do uh, the intro separately, and we're recording this super last minute, and so I thought since Sarah's my actual real-life friend, like for real, real life. Yes. Um, Thank you. I could do a trial. <laughs> <laughs> I am here, real life, and we are friends in real life. So Sarah's the mom of two, Henry and Ellis, and she's married to Casey, and she's a CrossFitter, she's a runner. And she recently started her own business, which we're going to talk about in this episode. Yes. I'm excited to talk about that. So we have to shout out our sponsors because we have to pay the bills. Let's do it. That's I get it. Do. I totally get it. And um, you have good sponsors. So it's yeah. good, to, good to mention them. So Kind Snacks is on with us, on board with us this month. And you guys know I love Kind Bar. Do you eat Kind Bars? I do. I love their Kind Bars. The chocolate, um, dark chocolate ones. Those mm-hmm. are my favorite. Yep. And what I love about Kind Snacks is they have very minimal ingredients. So you feel like you're eating like a good, clean snack. But they fill you up. Yes. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you know much about their company, but I heard their founder on Poppy Harlow's podcast, which you might like her podcast because she's all about like woman power, like women in business. (laughs) Like she interviews people like that. I mean, obviously this guy's a dude, but his story is just really powerful and it makes you, makes you want to support his business because he's got a good heart behind it. Hmm. But anyway, Kind Snacks is offering listeners of the show a sample box and all you have to do is pay shipping. Cool. So well, I've heard that when you've advertised before or when you've talked about this before and I need to just actually take advantage of it because I do really like their yeah. snacks and I want to try the jalapeno one that you mention all the time. Right. And so it's, so shipping's five ninety nine, and you get 10 bars. So basically you pay $2 at the store. So you might as well just get a sample box. Right. And are they the same size bars? Yeah. They're, they're like the regular size, but they mm-hmm. give you a, they have like different kinds in, in the sample pack because they're wanting you to try the different kinds they have. But so you get 10 bars for five ninety nine. all you pay is shipping. So kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay. And then the other sponsor we have to shout out is the 500 Festival Mini Mini. Yes. Which you, Henry's too young yeah, to try Yeah, one year. One year shy. You have to be five, right? Yeah, you have and to be he's five. four. So it's Saturday, September 17th. No, Sunday, September 17th um, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And it's for kids ages five through 12. And it's a race distance um, that matches up to their age. And Marshall did the rookie run, which have, has Henry done the rookie run? No, he hasn't. He's old enough this year. Okay. He's, he's funny. He's not, he doesn't really like to run. He mm. says, although he runs in the backyard, yeah. maybe organized running isn't his thing. We'll see. Well, it's funny because when Marshall did the rookie run, I was like, I was, he's kind of a, um, clinger as far as like when you drop him off somewhere, he wants you to give him a hug and kiss like 95 times and he has Aww. a hard time leaving your side. Yeah. Even though I've been taking him to like the gym or parents day out or whatever since he was basically, you know, three months old. He's still, every time I leave him somewhere, it's just like kind of big to do. Anyway, I was nervous because the parents dropped the kids off at the start line and have to part ways and meet at the finish line. And I was like, he's not going to go. Right. You thought he would just stand there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm super competitive and I know he's fast and I was like, I really want him to win. Did he? 
Uh, yeah, he won his little heat, but there Aww. was like 10 heats, or okay. there was probably 20 heats in his age group, so. Oh, that's cool. Um, but I was, I'm kind of embarrassed, because I took these Instagram stories, and I was like screaming like a crazy person. Yeah, I've yeah. done that. I always listen back to my Instagram stories, and I was like, I just need to record them and not talk. I know. Because I, I sound like a crazy mom. I think about that sometimes, too, but I'm like, well, this is what we're really doing, and like, I'm talking, so. Yeah. And you know you're not going to get any reaction from them unless you are talking. Right. So that makes sense. So the mini mini is in September, and I think just like being on the to let them run on the speedway is really cool in itself. Yeah. Um, and people, you guys, uh, listeners of the show, can use the code another seventeen to get three dollars off the registration. So it's twelve dollars. And the funny thing about registering for races like this is when we registered for the rookie run. He walked away with this like bag of stuff that was worth way more than what the actual cost of the entry was anyway. So nice. So you uh, get it back. Yeah. So anyway, it's fun. You guys check that out. Uh, the indie mini mini uh, registration. Use the code another seventeen to get three dollars off. So that's all I have. All right. We're good. Now we can get rolling with our our chat. Okay. Let's do it. So Sarah and I met through our friend Emily. Yes. And then you are friends with my friend Lara. Yes. Lara and I... Well, you guys been, are like besties. Yeah. Well, Lara and I... Lara was my very first friend at Indiana University. We were both journalism majors, but we actually are... Uh, we we started our, our career at IU at journalism camp. It's okay. a real thing. It's very cool. Um, <laughs> when we were both um, juniors in high school... So we we were she was the editor of her paper and I was the assistant editor of mine and so um, we ended up coming to this journalism camp as juniors and um, to kind of like explore the world of journalism and then obviously IU has a great journalism school um, and so we we went there and um, we met and we became really good friends and uh, that's I mean our relationship dates all the way back to then. So. And you're from Ohio. I'm from Ohio. Yep, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. I um, a suburb, right? You know, right outside of Dayton. Um, I have two older brothers and um, parents that are very happily married. Just celebrated their 43rd Aww. wedding anniversary at the beginning of August. So um, they're great role models. And I, I mean, I just want my marriage to be exactly like theirs. My dad like still calls my mom his girlfriend. Oh, that's so special. Yeah, they're really cute. That's hilarious that you say that because. Uh, Glenn called me his girlfriend the other day and Marshall was like, you're not her girlfriend. You're the mommy and daddy or you're not her boyfriend or whatever. He couldn't, he didn't get it. He didn't yeah, get it. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. It's probably a little confusing. Yeah. But that's so cute. So what, so why is IU because of the journalism school? Yeah. Well, I had always wanted to go to a big, a big school, big 10 really. But why um, not Ohio state? Oh Girl, Tell I, hope me. I hope you don't have a lot of Ohio State fans, but I am not an Ohio State fan. Okay, why? And not only am I not an Ohio State fan, I am like the opposite of an Ohio State fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I grew up, it's kind of a funny thing. My dad grew up in Sheridan, Indiana, okay. which is, you know, just a little bit north of us, and um, he grew up Catholic, and so he grew up a Notre Dame fan. Okay. Okay, so then he moved to Ohio, and all of us kids were born there. Well, I guess my oldest brother was born in Indiana, but anyway, we grew up in Ohio, but he was a Notre Dame fan, and so he raised us to be mm -hmm. Notre Dame fans. And I have two older brothers, and kind of the rule was if you're going to be a girl that likes sports, you're going to understand sports because yeah. you're not going to be one of those annoying girls who goes to a football party and, you know, cheers for the wrong team or doesn't understand what first and ten means. And so, uh, you know, I was just kind of like – 
all right, I, um, you know, I need to understand this sport and I, and I'm a Notre Dame fan. Yeah. And I was, I was brainwashed that way. <laughs> so I started liking Notre Dame, you know, from the time I was born and I never really heard about Ohio state. I mean, I went, I was from Ohio, but Ohio state wasn't very good when I was really little. It wasn't until Ohio state played Notre Dame when I was in elementary school. And I'm not kidding. They, Ohio state won. And all of these Ohio State fans, like, came out of the woodwork. Oh, like, sure. Oh, my gosh. Like, the Ohio State jerseys everybody was wearing uh-huh. the next day. And they were wearing, like, those, you know, those starter jackets? Uh-huh. They were wearing those. And um, we got phone calls at my house during that game every single first down. Because people knew we were Notre Dame fans. Mm. And you're kind of an outlier as a Notre Dame fan in Ohio. Ohio. So anyway, all that to say, I am not an Ohio State okay. fan. I did date a guy that went to Ohio State. So I have a lot of respect for the unit. It's a great school. I just don't. I just don't like the football team. Glenn is going to be uh, disappointed in me for even asking you that question. Because he... Knows very well that you're yes he does a Notre because Dame he's fan. a Michigan fan yes yes and but so, so he doesn't like Notre Dame or Ohio State yeah and I don't but I, I think he hates Ohio State more than Notre Dame yes and that would be true for me too okay. I don't like Michigan either but I like I, I sure like Michigan a whole lot better than Ohio State and so and when we the first night we met okay so let me backtrack a little bit Emily our friend Emily and I introduced our, us to each other and we started this supper club and the first night we had supper club. Was it Notre Dame playing? Yes. They were playing Michigan. Okay. That's what it was. Because I remember you and Glenn having like an intense conversation in the living room about it. Yes. Well, uh, to be fair, oh, Notre Dame hasn't been very good the last couple of years. So Michigan, so Michigan, and okay. they won by a lot. And oh, so okay. I kind of, I was watching, but I didn't really have much to say. Your heart wasn't. My, I knew yeah. it was, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So you're, you're probably asking, well, well, then why the heck didn't you go to Notre Dame? Well, I didn't have good enough grades. Other mm. than that, I would have gone, right? Okay. <laughs> I, sure. I didn't even apply to Notre Dame. Honestly, I wanted to go to a big school, but you asked why not Ohio State. And so okay. I wanted to leave. I kind of wanted to get out of Ohio sure. like a lot I went to a big high school um about 3,000 students oh, wow. and not one student from my high school or from my graduating class went to IU what I know of 600 What's and something that? not that one crazy you're so close I know um out but of state I think tuition. it was well yeah because people thought I was crazy for paying out-of-state tuition yeah. for a state school right. and it probably was but my parents um spoiled me and sent me there yeah. and so I was yeah I mean and it was a great IU is an amazing place to, yeah and I love, I mean, IU, of course, I love IU basketball. And I love IU football. They're just, they, you know, have a lot of room for improvement. Um, <laughs> but I love tailgating there. And um, and I met my husband there. And so I have nothing but wonderful things to say about Bloomington. Sometimes I wonder if me being from Bloomington, like, waters down the whole IU it and probably IU does. experience a little I'm bit. I'm sure it does. You know, because I, yeah. and even now, still, like, when I go home, I go to Bloomington. Yep. You know. But so I want to tell everybody a little bit about our supper club because yeah. so yeah. it's our friends Emily and Aaron, Kristen and George, yep, Sarah and Casey, and Glenn and I, yep, and we rotate. Yeah, so it's really cool. We do um, once a month. One of the couples hosts the um, the group, and kind of the rule is whoever hosts cooks, and then whoever is not hosting brings alcohol. So, <laughs> um, so it's a pretty good deal because once every quarter you have to host, but then every other month, you know, you're getting a free meal, and you just have to bring some wine, and it's great company. And we've had some really good, we've had some really good meals. I mean, lots yeah. of good things that. You know, it's 
Interesting because you and Glenn obviously are vegetarians. I and know. So. We totally are. <laughs> we are such a buzzkill. <laughs> but you guys, I missed your dinner, but Casey went and oh, yeah. he said that the food was phenomenal. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's like, you never know when the vegetarians are hosting what we're going to get. <laughs> but um, he said the food was great and... Um, I really enjoy it. I'm glad we're our, our next one's coming up. I know this, this weekend, it's Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Kristen and George. Kristen and George's. Well, mm-hmm. I know it's funny because when Emily, so Emily and I met uh, randomly. She came to my stroller group one time, and then she kind of like stalked me on Instagram and sent me a message about schools and living in the city and all this. And they came over for a play date, her and her kids. And I knew that I really liked her, and. You know, like, you get to an age where you're like, if I'm going to make room for new friends in my life, like, this really has to, like, make sense and work. Because yeah. once you have, start adding kids and all this, you just, like, time is min- time is precious. Yes. It's precious no matter what. Yep. So then, when she asked, she was like, I'm starting this supper club. I'm trying to find different couples that I think will mesh and that all live, you know, in the city close to one another. I was so excited. I was like, oh, I'm so happy that you, like, thought of me to be a yeah. part of this. Yeah. Because otherwise, we would never have met you and Casey or Kristen and George. We wouldn't have. Because George and I knew each other from a program that we went through, the Stanley K. Lacey Leadership Program. We knew each other from that. And that's how I met um, Emily's Emily, because I met Aaron. Oh, Aaron, her husband. So Aaron, George, and I all went through the Stanley K. Lacey Leadership Program. And as a result, I met their better halves and really cool wives. And, um, and then you. So yeah. yeah. And the thing about the Supper Club is, like, you just... You, I wanted to immerse myself in something like this where, yeah, I could, like, talk about random family, kid stuff, mundane things. But, like, also I wanted to surround myself with people that I knew were going to talk about, like, real, important life issues and, like, inspire me to be a better person. I know that sounds really corny, but it's so true. Yeah, and I think that, I mean... We do have those conversations at Supper Club, but we also, our, our group text is probably where that happens. Oh, that's true. In even a more real way. I feel yeah. like we're sending, you know, political articles or mm-hmm. religious articles or inspiring quotes or, hey, you should listen to this podcast. We are or, all about recommending the podcast yes, on there. And yes. just like mom and, advice and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's nice. And yeah, it's been a great group of, of friends and we're all so busy. So to be able to get... A, a weekend once a month. I mean, we haven't been over the summer. We kind of took some time off, but yeah. to be able to get a weekend once a month and carve that time out is pretty, I mean, it's pretty cool that we all make time for it. And the other rule is no kids allowed. Yes. So if you're hosting and you can get your kids to bed, you can put your kids to bed, but you yeah. don't bring your kids. You get a babysitter. Yeah. And that is what I call investment into the happiness bank because babysitters Make me sane. Well, and there's just no way. I mean, it it would just be a different experience. Yeah, there would be between all of us. Gosh, there would be what, like three, six, seven, eight, nine kids. Nine kids. I mean, come on. There's no way. Nope. Nine kids, like six and under. Like no. And we go late. Like we go later into the night. Like eleven, ten, or eleven is usually when everybody leaves. Yep. Okay, so that's supper club. So find some couples or friends in your area and start yourself a supper club. Yeah, it's fun. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Dinner, I mean, we, I think we made pizzas one night. Yeah, you guys did pizzas, but they were like cute little personal pizzas. Yeah, but they weren't anything fancy. It doesn't, you could just order pizza if you wanted to. Yes, you could do whatever you want. It's your house. You make the rules there. Okay, so I want to talk about your career. Yeah. So obviously you met Lara, who if you guys are listening 
I'm kind of embarrassed of my beginning episodes of the podcast because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But Lara is one of those episodes. I think she's like 17 or 18. So you can go back and meet Lara if you listen to that. Um, but you started out your career um, doing uh, news reporting. Yeah. Yeah. I so, so when I went to IU and studied journalism, my kind of concentration, if you will, was broadcast. And so I decided I wanted to be a television reporter, and I um, started my career in Terre Haute, Indiana, um, where, you know, when you graduate from college, you have, and, and, and you're trying to be a television reporter, you literally have a tape, a resin, at the time it was a, it was a VHS, quite literally, which makes me feel really old. So funny. Now it's a link that you send, you know, to your website, but... Um, it was, it was a VHS. It was me on camera. And, um, you know, the news directors would pop it in and they'd decide if they liked the way that I looked and sounded within about 30 seconds. And then they'd pop it out because they would get hundreds of mm. tapes during the week. So I sent tapes all over the country to all these small towns. And I was lucky enough to get a job in Terre Haute because, um, one, it was close to my family. I mean, my family's in Dayton, so it's only about, I guess, three and a half hours away. And then at the time, my, my boyfriend, now husband, was in law school at IU. And so we were still very close, um, you know, in proximity. Um, so I worked in Terre Haute for just eight months and then I applied for a job in Evansville, Indiana, and I got a job there and I was working at the ABC affiliate in Evansville for, um, two and a half years. And that was a really exciting time because that was during the 2008 presidential election. And so, um, it was very cool because if you'll recall at that time, um, Indiana was a swing state, mm-hmm. right? I mean, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And so both, like all the candidates were stumping through Indiana and both Obama and Clinton came through Evansville and had, and had, um, Hillary Clinton came through and actually had a rally. Um, Barack Obama just came through and visited a job site, but it was a, it was a press event. I mean, he invited the press to come and watch and, um, and so I got to interview both of them. Okay. Was that super nerve-wracking? Um, it was. You were super young, too. Yes, I was really young. So my interview with um, Hillary Clinton was very cool because it was just she and I in a room. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That is... Well, I guess she and I and all of the Secret Service oh, and a right. photographer. But, like, and... I cannot even imagine. Yeah. How, many, how much time did you get? So I didn't get very much time. So what happened with that was her staffers had said she's not doing interviews, um, in individual interviews at this rally. Um, and we knew that weeks in advance. Well, I when I was the reporter that was assigned to cover the rally, I was I made it my mission to mm-hmm. get a personal one-on-one interview with her. So I basically just stalked the their staffers and would call and email and try to become friends with them. And you know, please let me do an interview with her. I'm young and I have all these questions I want to ask her and blah blah blah. And finally, I think I wore them down. Honestly, I think they were like, "This girl's annoying. Let's just <laughs> give her a one-on-one interview." So they ended up opening the one-on-one interviews to each station. Every station got to designate a reporter for mm. the one-on-one interview, and I was the one that was designated from my station. Did you beg your station to be the one? Well, I worked so hard to get this interview yeah. that they, I mean, I would have been pretty upset yeah. had they taken it away from me. Yeah. Um, so so we, so we after she had the rally, um, it was in a school. We were all put in different, all the, the stations were put in um, various classrooms individually, and we had had like five minutes basically Mm. to prepare the questions that we were going to ask. Um, and I, mine were pretty much prepared anyway. So, um, she came in the room and we had about, gosh, it went quick. It was probably two and a half, three minutes with her until she moved on to the next room and the next station. And, 
Um, but she was lovely and nice. And did you get a picture? You know what? I didn't. And but like, I'm sure that would have been uncomfortable to ask. Yeah, I thought about it and I didn't ask because I thought it was unprofessional. Yeah. I just yeah. did. I thought, I wish now that I would have. I know, because you're like, you. now. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I just thought it was unprofessional. So I didn't ask for one. But my biggest takeaway, I don't remember any of the questions that I asked her. I remember her being very kind and gracious to do an interview with me. Um, I remember her being very short. That's like, oh, that's really? Like, and I'm pretty short. I'm only about 5'4", but she yeah. has to be like 5'2". Really? I mean, she is short. Were you wearing heels? I was wearing just small heels, but I was felt like I was towering over her. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so I remember funny. even I guess making, if I, like, she looks short if I think of, like, seeing her on yeah. the news and whatnot. Yeah, she so she is. Um, so that was cool. And then Obama came through shortly after, oh and I got to interview. And he, I remember, was extremely tall, much oh, taller sure. than I remembered yeah. um, seeing on TV. And so I got to do... Okay, I got to do, and you might have to edit this, but it's what's called a gangbang interview. I don't have to edit that. <laughs> so it's where, That's what the news people call it? That's what the mean? news people call it. It's where like all the reporters and photographers get to interview him at once. Okay. And so we all collectively, you know, you, you kind of stand, he sits in the, he stands in the middle. You've seen it on TV and all the reporters are around and it's called a gangbang and you mm. just fire questions mm. at him Okay, and you, you hold your microphone out oh, and yeah. you try to yell over the That's reporter That's what I picture from you. like TV, yes. like seeing movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And so I got a couple questions in with him. I did get this reporter at the time that worked for the newspaper down there, got this awesome picture of me. <gasps> Holding a microphone, and Obama is looking like oh, right shut at me. Up. Where and, is it? Is it in here um, in it's your not office? in here. I have it. I have it on social media. Now I don't have it framed. Um, but yeah. So anyway, that was pretty neat. That is like so cool. I mean, that's kind of. It I was, feel like it's iconic. The right word. I yeah. feel like it could be a really cool picture. Yeah, it's very. It's cool. You know, someday my kids. I'll when I talk about my TV career, I'll get to show them like, that. And he was the president. He was the president, the right? And I got to interview him. Yeah. So, um, so that was neat. That's so cool. If you had to choose if you could have only had one of those experiences which one would you have picked oh i would have um i would have picked and this is i'm not trying to make political statements here but i would have picked um hillary clinton because i got to interview her one-on-one yeah i mean and i worked so hard for that interview yeah um to to get that interview that um it was a high point in my career for sure it still is a high point in my Uh, career i mean even i'm not a reporter anymore to know that i worked that they had said no no one-on-ones and i worked to get it and i got to do it and um that so yeah definitely that one well and i it's like it is a lesson in not caring about being annoying to someone to get what you want i mean there's a line to draw but there's just, I feel like a lot of times people are timid to keep asking, right? which is what you did. And if yeah. you hadn't done that, you wouldn't have got the interview. Well, and what's funny is a friend of ours, I didn't realize this, but we put this together just a couple week, months ago, I guess, at, at Zubilation, that his um, he, he was one of the staffers mm. working for Clinton at the time and okay. remembers me. How annoying you were. Uh, he didn't say that, but probably. Right. He just remembers that I, he was like, I remember when you worked in Evansville and uh-huh. you did the one-on-one with Clinton and I was a staffer. I was working with her on our campaign. So that's, well, that's funny. And it's on a much smaller scale. Like for instance, on this podcast, when I try to reach out to like professional runners or whatever to get interviews, like I have emailed Amy Craig for anybody who's listening. If you know Amy Craig Amy, and you want to connect me. Come on, Amy. Come on, Amy. Let's do it, girl. Um, I've emailed her probably five times. To come on the show. I I haven't got a response back yet. You got to go a different route. I know, but I'm not scared that I'm 
annoying her or bothering her. Because if she can just look at that email and just ignore it, if that fine. But I'm just going to keep Well, trying. and there's a sense where I'm sure it's a bit flattering, right? Right, I mean, like, oh, this girl, why really does she wants really to, wants Yeah, to I mean, obviously I mean something. I'm doing something, you know, I'm doing something for the world or she sees something in me. And, yeah. Yeah, so I say keep keep going at it. Right, I probably just like, wouldn't inter- email her anymore. I'd probably go a different route. I know. I need to figure that route out. Twitter. I, right? I know. I've done that too. Start blowing her up on the Twitter. Sometimes when I do that, like when I randomly tweet guests that I'd really love to have on the show, I'm like, I have other people probably think that's annoying that I do that, but well, you gotta do it. I mean, you've gotten some really great guests. So if that works. Well, and Amy Craig, you might not, it's so funny because when I talk about professional, uh, runners, like marathoners that people in the running world really know, like, do you know who Amy Craig is? I I don't. Don't be embarrassed. Sorry, Amy. But she just won a medal okay. in London at the World Championships in the oh. marathon. Oh, she wow. What did she run it in? Um, the marathon? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know what her time was, but it's like 220-something. Wow. I mean, very Amazing. Fast. Yeah. Um, and she ran the Olympics mm-hmm. with Shalane Flanagan and Des Linden. So she's a super famous distance runner in our country, in the world, really. But anyway, yeah, just like when I reach out to people like that and I just keep at it keep at it just like with your interview with Hillary like you could be like I'm just gonna like I asked and they said no so right. I'm gonna move on I'm just gonna move on but then you're yeah. not gonna get anywhere that's no, no. Fun. and news is super competitive oh, and sure. it was definitely I, I was it was definitely like I'm gonna get this interview I'm and doing no this. other station is and then again like I said she opened it up to everyone but it was I, I was yeah I think the fact that I was told no made me want to do it even more. So then when did you move to Indy? So then I worked in Evansville for two and a half years, and I moved to Indy and started working at the ABC affiliate channel 6, Mm -hmm. WWRTV here in Indy in 2009. Um, and you know, that was awesome. I mean, I had, I had never dreamed of being like a today's show anchor or work, you know, working on like working at CNBC or MSNBC. My goal was to work in a big market, like a top 25 and be the main anchor. That was always my dream. And Indy's top 25, Indy's market 25. So every city, if you don't know this, has a market attached to it. So, what so are like, we? we're market 25. Oh, that so, is what we are. So New York is market one, mm-hmm. LA is market two, and you can probably like figure we're out. We're all the way down to 25? That's pretty big though. When it's you think big, of the I size. It's even bigger. Oh, no. I mean, there's a lot of cities. There's a lot That's of bigger true. cities. Yeah. With, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, market 25, and it's. Um, I guess they could have, they, now someone might fact check me. They could have fallen, but I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's 25. Um, so anyway, I always, that was kind of my goal, like work in a market that size because it's a manageable size mm-hmm. city um, and be the main anchor. And then I started at Channel 6. I was the youngest reporter in the market at the time. Um, it was, I was really excited to get the job and I just didn't love it. Like I, it was, it was odd. I mean, I, would cry on my way into work. And Casey, I remember Casey saying like, I feel like this isn't, we had just gotten married. I feel like this isn't the person I married. Mm -hmm. Like what's going on. I loved the people I worked with. I hated the schedule. I worked nights and weekends. So my days off were Mondays and Tuesdays. So Casey and I did not have for the first, basically two years of our marriage, we never had a day off together Mm -hmm. unless I took vacation days. And I also only got five vacation days for the whole first year. That's insane. Five days off. That is not healthy. Well, and when you don't have Saturdays and Sundays off, so nobody gets married on a Monday or a Tuesday, Uh right? So if I wanted to take a weekend off for a wedding, I would either have to burn two vacation days 
or I would work 10 days straight to earn two days off, oh. which I did all the time. So I was just exhausted. Well, yeah, myself. especially at that age because yeah. we, that's the age where all of your friends are getting married. Everybody's getting married. Everybody's having baby showers, bridal and showers. And I wanted to go to that stuff, but I missed a lot because I couldn't go to, I couldn't go to it all. So it all kind of came to a head on a trip once and Casey and I were on our, on our way home and I remember just crying on the plane and he was just like, something's got to give. Like, this clearly isn't your dream if you're crying. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't, you know, you thought it was and you were wrong. So what? Like, you're 26 years old. Let's make a change. Or I can't remember how old I was. 20, I think I was 29, 28. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. The yeah. point is that I was young. I, I should be able to do that math quickly in my head. But, um... So I decided I wanted to get into public relations because I knew that um, TV and PR, you know, had a lot of um, a lot of overlap, and I wanted to still work with the media. I just didn't want to be in the media. So um, I went to work. Well, I mean, kind of long story short, I went to work for the Department of Public Works under Mayor Greg Ballard at the time, who I can't say enough wonderful things about. He's a wonderful man. He was a wonderful mayor. Um, just a great person to work under and learn from. I feel like a lot of people say that about him. Yes. Um, I have nothing but great things to say about him. So, and his administration and everybody that worked in it, I I had a great time working at the city and I learned a lot about city government Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. red tape and municipalities and how things work and what your taxes go toward and why things don't go as fast as you sometimes want them to when you're trying to get your street paved, why, you know, why you may not be on a priority list and somebody else is. And so that was a good experience. Um, I then went, when the city sold its water and wastewater utility to Citizens Energy Group, which I won't get into the details of because your viewers or your listeners will fall asleep, (laughs) but I went to work for Citizens Energy Group, also in PR as a spokesperson. So still working with the media, but not in the media. Did you, okay, well, and then before I ask this question though, when did you decide to leave that job? Citizens? Yeah. Okay, so I worked at Citizens for six years. Six years, really? Six years, yeah. I worked there for six years, and I really, really liked it there. Um, So the people there were wonderful. I liked liked working with – I was working with the media a lot because Citizens is in the news a lot because they're in control of the – you know, they oversee the water – they're the water company, they're the gas company. So anytime something happens with those utilities, the media call, and then I would go on TV – and so I liked I liked the fact that I was needed by the media and that I had information that the media wanted and um, I liked the job. I just got to the point where I ca- I thought, okay, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And um, I just didn't I something didn't feel right again. It was kind of like that moment where I knew I wanted to get out of TV. Um, and so I started talking to Casey about starting my own company. And I remember when I came home one day and said, I think I'm going to quit my job and start my own company. (laughs) Um, You know, can you pass the salt? Like we were having dinner or something. And I think he looked at me like I was crazy, um, but he's also really supportive. But he was very much like, he's an attorney. Mm -hmm. And he he was like, you know, I I will... um, I will be supportive of this if I feel like you've done your research and if I feel like at the end of that research that you can really support the claim that you want to quit a really good job where you probably have longevity, where they really like you for something that's totally unsure, right? I mean, um, and so to leave a sure thing for something that's not a sure thing is really scary. Yeah. Especially when, you know, you've got kids and, um, so anyway, it was, um, it was definitely a leap of faith, but, 
um, after meeting with tons of other like business owners that were PR professionals and also like outside of PR and other industries and really just being really prayerful about it. Our faith is really important to us. And I mean, we were just, we just prayed a lot and felt like God just kept opening doors for this. It just, every time I would feel like there was a barrier that, oh, I can't start my own business because of X, I would like pray about it and that barrier would go away. I mean, it was that cut and dry, honestly. And so I just felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I walked into my boss one day and I quit. I mean, I gave them like seven weeks notice and they, sure. it was very, they were very happy for me. And it was, wasn't like I just walked out the door. I remember when you told us though, that you were doing it and I don't even think I realized it. You're like, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm starting my own business. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is super exciting. Yeah, I think one of the things I was concerned about in the beginning was people convincing me that it wasn't a good idea mm-hmm. because I was so convinced that it was mm-hmm. and I felt like Casey and I were doing our due diligence to make sure that it was sure. the right idea. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot to learn when you start your own business. You've got to pay your own taxes, yep. which is a lot of fun. And but you can also write a lot of things off and um, you know, you have to decide are my billing by the hour or am I billing by the project and what is my hourly rate and how do I manage things if I have too much going on and not enough help? Like, can I get an outside vendor to help me? I mean, there's just so much that it's all on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't a decision we made lightly by any means. Um, I remember my dad is my, like, my one of my best friends and the person I probably look up to most in the world. And he's a, he's a great businessman. And I remember he said, are you starting your own business because you want to work less? And I said, I don't, I don't know. And he said, well, until you can answer that question, you shouldn't start your own business Mm. because if you're starting your own business because you want to work less, you're starting it for the wrong reason. Yeah. And I said, I I don't want to work. I finally came back to him and said, I know the answer. I don't want to work less. I just want to work smarter. Yeah. Um, I want to have, I want to be in total control of my schedule, which I am. I mean, obviously my clients, but I have meetings meetings and things, of course, but I can control when those meetings are and I can decide if I don't want to have a meeting so I can do a podcast with you and And spend 30 minutes trying to figure out my mixer (laughs) with me. That's okay. Maybe my TV, you know, background came in a little handy (laughs) when we were trying to figure out the mixer. I don't know. And so I just said, I think this is going to be an opportunity for me to build something and still be able to raise my, um, my kids and do something that I really love. And I have to tell you, I have never been happier professionally. I I mean, I, I feel like I finally know what I want to be when I grow up. I get up every day excited about my job. Um, I love it. Like it was the best decision I think I've ever made. I mean, outside of marrying my wonderful husband, like, well, that and too, like you have two kids, your kids do go to daycare, but like if you wanted to just be like, Ellis and I are going to have a day anytime, anytime I want. I'm just going to do that. Yep. Henry asked me today. I went, my son is four, just turned four and I was taking him to school. Um, they go to the Jewish community center and I, um, he said, Hey mom, we're, I want to, we're going to go on a field trip again. We're going to go to the pumpkin patch. And he, I went with him last year and he remembered that. And you know, do you think you'll be able to go? And it wasn't even like, do I think I'll be able to go? Sure, I'll be able to go. Yeah. I'll just clear my schedule because I'm I get to do that now. Yeah. Um so yeah, so that's the wonderful, that's the beauty of it. I mean, there's certainly hard parts, but that's the beauty of it. So tell everybody what your business is, what it's called. 
Whole Sapple Communications. So, so it's called Whole Sapple Communications, which is kind of a mouthful, but I vetted that. That's over, her last name. It's my last name. I vetted that over time with a lot of people, and they just said, you know, Whole Sapple is a unique enough name, mm-hmm. and most PR firms ha- are just like a, a person's name. I mean, mm-hmm. there's Borshoff, there's Hirons, there's Bolson, mm-hmm. um, and so it kind of made sense to use a last name that one was recognized by my TV friends um, in the industry, and then also one that was... Um, kind of unique enough that it stands out. So I do public relations, which basically means like if you have an event and you're wanting to get media attention, I would help you write a press release and call the right reporters and try to plan who's who's going to be talking and what that person's going to be saying um, at the event. I also help with crisis communication. So if your company mm. has a situation where, I don't know, someone high profile got a DUI and you're afraid it's going to hit the media. My job is to one, make sure it doesn't. And then if it does figure out messaging, like how can we make sure that the media, um, you know, tells this story in a way that's fair. Um, and then I do things like I'm working on an annual report for someone right now. So for a client just needed someone to write their annual report. So I do a that lot sounds of really hard. It's a really big project. Yeah, that sounds like very daunting. <laughs> I can't wait till it's over, kind of. It kind of stresses me out just thinking about it. The, the communications part excites me, but that makes me like, yeah. ah. Well, I really like to write, and so, but it is, it's a lot of, co- I mean, it's a lot of writing. Yeah. So I do do, I do a lot of, a fair amount of copywriting in this very office where I just sit and, you know, and I just write. Um, yeah. So, which is nice because I can kind of do it anywhere. And you guys... I'm so jealous of this home office. Oh, thanks. I mean, it is just, like, incredible. Oh, well, you're so nice. We actually, when we renovated this house, the the plan was for... Casey works from home a lot, my husband. And so this was kind of his space. And so we always referred to it as, even like on the uh, on the uh-huh. plans, on the renovation Casey's plans, office. Casey's office, Casey's office. and So you share it. Even on the paint cans downstairs, it says Casey's office. Oh, funny. But we don't really share it. It's really mine now. You, so does he not work from home as much anymore? Um, He... He never really worked from home, home a ton. He works at night. Um, uh, oh, probably. so he works... I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like so, once he's out of the office. Yeah, I would say he home. works from home. He may work from home, like, I don't know, three times a month or something. Oh, but he so yeah. he just wanted a... He wanted an office where he had a TV on the wall and, you know, like where he had... He has like his scotch and bourbon collection. Oh, oh my like gosh. Scotch. He'll get so mad that I said that. We're on the bourbon. Mad Men It's set. just bourbon. Why aren't we drinking that I know, that we right are now. on the Mad Men set. We should, we should be mm-hmm. drinking bourbon we, right now. <laughs> well, we, and we do love some Admin, so it's early though, you guys. That's the reason we're not drinking the bourbon. It's yeah, like, maybe like maybe we'll wait till noon. Yeah, um, but anyway, I'm drinking yeah. the parade and you're drinking coffee. I am. Right? Yeah, I'm almost done with it. So tell me about the women business enterprise. Did I say that right? Yeah, you said it right. Yeah. So a women a, a woman business enterprise is basically just a way that gives um, women a, like kind of a, a leg up. Um, when they're starting their own business. It's so it's actually it's, it's a certification if I can talk. It's a certification that's from either the the federal government, the state or the city and you apply to which you know, you like I mine's with the state, but I could apply with the federal government and I could apply with the city. Um so basically the rule is your company has to be 51% owned and operated by a woman. Um, so mine is obviously 100% owned and operated by a woman, but if it were only 51%, I could apply for the certification. And, and what it does is um, 
companies like Citizens, for example, where I used to work, they have these big contracts where they hire outside vendors to do the work. So let's say they're repairing a street and um, they hire, they're going to hire five contractors. They aim to make a certain percentage of those contractors women business enterprises or minority business enterprises or veteran business enterprises. Those are like the three categories. It just gives them an incentive to to hire smaller companies because okay. typically those minority women and veteran business enterprises are going to be smaller than ones that you know are otherwise not owned by minorities. So it gives them an incentive and it gives those companies an incentive to, or those people an incentive to start their own, their own business, if that makes sense. I don't yeah. know if I kind of botched that, but it's a really daunting process to apply. I, yeah. You have to, you have to apply. Um, it took me several months. So why was it so important for you to apply? Because I wanted to have the certification. Well, you, you have to apply to get the certification. So you apply and then the state or the city or the federal government decides if you're going to get the certification. So you don't get to just like be a woman and a business owner and be a double and have your certification. You have to apply for it. So I did it because I knew that what would happen is companies would call me mm-hmm. and say, hey, we have an incentive at our company to work with minorities, and you're a minority business okay. owner, and so we want to hire you. Okay. Or we want you to bid on this job, and if your bid comes in the exact same as like a, sure. as someone else's, we're going to give it to you because you being a woman business owner um, gives you the leg up. Do you have statistics um, like, could you pull this out of your pocket? Like, what's the percentage of businesses run owned by men versus women? No, I don't. Um, and and again, I don't mean to. It, it's certainly not to say that like if you're a man and you own a business, sure. you should. But come on, I mean, affirmative action, right? Right. That's, that's the world that we live in. Yeah. And so it's basically like affirmative action for business owners. Yeah. So what's happened with me is I just basically decided, and, and like I said, when my husband and I vetted this whole starting your own business thing. He basically mandated that um, his only rule was if you are going to start this own business, you are going to get your WBE certification because why not? Yeah. Because it's going to give you a leg up for just being a woman and a business owner. Yeah. I mean, again, I come back to you have to have talent and you have to know what you're doing and um, you can't just say like, hey, I'm a woman, hire me. Like that's, and come on, like we don't. Nobody wants... We're not playing that game. Nobody's playing that card. But all things being equal, if you have that certification and someone else doesn't and everything else is equal with your bid, you're probably going to get it. That's good. So I would, I would definitely encourage women and minority and veteran business owners to look into it. If you haven't already, Yeah. you know, you might be listening and thinking, well, hang on, I own my own business and I'm the, I'm the sole owner. Yeah. Why don't I do this? Why don't I, you should, you should have it. I mean, there's no reason that you shouldn't except that it's a pain to apply for, but you should make it a priority and you should get it because it could give you an advantage that you're entitled to. Do you envision your company growing so that you hire employees or do you envision wanting it to be a single person? Yeah, that's a good question. We talk about that all the time, Casey and I do, um, cause he's my sole board of director. <laughs> does, he, does he manage the finances or do you? Um, I do all my own invoicing. I do. I mean, I pretty much manage the finances. He helps with, we have an accountant, but he mm-hmm. helps with taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, no, that gets really yeah, tricky. No, I do the finances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you know, it's my business. He's, he's like, I have my own job. You you got a business. I got a business. And so you got to do your, you wanted to do this. 
Um, so yes, I, my goal would be, I would love to have office space. Yeah. I love my home office, but I would love to have office space. Um, maybe like downtown, I don't know, on Mass Ave, something hip and cool. Hip and cool. Um, and yeah, I don't, I'd love to have five or six employees someday. I don't yeah. really see it growing into something huge because I really want to have a lot of control and a lot of hand in what's the final output that goes out to my clients. But, um, and I think you lose some of that maybe when it gets really large, but I, I would love to keep it, keep it kind of small. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, Vicki Bolson was on this podcast back in the day too. I know. And I feel like she kind of like her firm got, it's decent size. I think they have 30 employees. They now. do now. I mean, she started just like me though. That's what everything you're saying is reminding me of like, how she got started because she worked for somebody else and then her kids were little and she wanted to kind of do her own thing and it was a little bit part-time and then as her kids got bigger she kind of grew it and the business you know she hired a ton of employees so everything you're telling me is like she would be a great mentor for you well that's really funny you say that because um vicky's uh, firm bolson group just got their wbe certification oh, really? okay. yeah or they're in the process of getting it i don't know if they've received it yet but i know they're in the process of applying for it okay. because obviously she's She's the owner. Right. Um, and she and I have been emailing to get coffee because oh, I, really? I know some of the Stop. people that work with her. And yeah, I've just reached out to her to say, hey, would you just talk to me about how you did it? So who knows? Maybe down the road I'll say like, yeah, I really only wanted to be five or six people. But now all of a sudden it's grown who to... Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Myra Borshoff started similar way and yeah. and obviously I don't know if you know much about Borshoff but they're one of the biggest PR firms in town. I just know one of my neighbors works for them. Yeah. And um and she you know Myra's very well respected in the industry. Yeah. So who knows? I mean maybe. Well, okay, this is a good segue to mention my live show really quick because yes. I was going to do that in the break anyway. I don't know if you know this, but the live show is actually at Vicky's office downtown. Oh, it is? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Vicky Vicky came on the podcast, and at, man, I interviewed her, and she was way back in the day, and I was super nervous to interview her because she was the first like businesswoman that I had interviewed. Anybody else I'd interviewed had been like a runner or a friend. or And when I talk about running, I know my shit. Like, right. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. And so I was a little bit nervous, and she's a little bit older than us. And so... But anyway, I sat down and interviewed her, and she made me feel so comfortable. She was so awesome. And then, like, followed up with me, invited me to, like, a luncheon that she had bought a table at. And um, we've kept in contact. We went to breakfast, a few like, a couple months ago. And she offered – I was looking for a space for my live show. I was thinking about renting out the Speakeasy. And she offered her brand-new office space, which is right downtown. It has a really awesome view of the city. Yeah, it's right by the sport, the sports court, right? Yep, it's yeah. in Pan Am Plaza. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's very, like, posh and trendy. And yeah. So I didn't know that it was there. Yes. But that makes me really excited. I'm planning to come to your live yeah. show. Um, yeah. No, Vicki, the, the Bolson Group has a lot of really cool projects going on yes. right now. They, they're um, – they're a great firm. And lots yeah. of good people work there. Um, so you're coming to the live show. The yes. rest of our Supper Club girls are coming as well. And people listening, see, I'm doing, this is a trial. Normally I do like a break cut in and I bring my music in and then I go back to the episode. But since we're sitting right here and we're talking about it, I'm just doing it here. Okay. There's going to be no intros or breaks in this episode. We're so just you are waiting it all for up. music or an intro it's or a break. Happening. It's not happening, guys. Um, but Saturday, September 30th. Come run the Indie Women's Half Marathon or the 5K. Are you going to do one of them? 
Mm, I don't know. Is it on my tra- You're doing my training program. Is it on there? That's another fun <laughs> thing we can talk about. I'm writing a training plan for Sarah last minute, kind of for monumental half. She's trying to run a PR. We'll get to that in just a minute, but I'll put it in there for the 5k. Okay. I'll have you race the 5k to test your speed. Okay. That's a good idea. And I have a yeah. $5 off code for you since okay. you're coming to the live show. Okay. So anyway, September 30th, Saturday, September 30th. So many previous guests from the show will be there, including Sarah. And information on that is in the show notes, lindsayhine.com. Okay, so we're going to move on. But you are trying to PR Monumental. Yeah. Yes. You're going to try to, your PR is 148. Right. Yeah. So I ran the P, I ran it last year in 148. Did I tell you that I turned, I went the wrong way? Yes. (laughs) So maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just beat it because I'll go the right way. So here's what happened, you guys. If you've run the Monumental, you're going to think I'm a really big moron. Everything that I've said that's maybe sounded somewhat <laughs> intelligent about having my own business, you're going to be like, this girl's in trouble. Her business is going to go bankrupt because she doesn't even know how to run a half marathon. So I've run a lot of halves. I've run one full. I think I think last year was my 10th half or something. One full. And um, so I know what I'm doing, right? right? At least kind of. So you know where it splits? The, the, from yes. the, the monumental from the the half and the full split yep. on Fall Creek on Fall Creek. Well, I okay. So let me be clear. I'd never run monumental before. So the course, and I don't. I'm not one of those people that like looks over the map before mm-hmm. I go. I'm like it's marked. I, there's I, people everywhere. There's people everywhere. Why do I need to look at the map? So um, I was getting so excited for all the people who were running the full, and I started cheering <laughs> and I started high fiving people, and I was like, "Go get your twenty six point two! Like you go." And I just started, kept running with them. <laughs> I, I don't know what, so the only reason I knew that I had done it was because thankfully my girlfriend was there cheering on her husband who was also running the full. And so she was down on Fall Creek a little bit further past the split and she saw me running by <laughs> and she, the look on her face was so, it was like she'd seen a ghost and she started waving at me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I, I waved at her like, hi. You know, I kept running. I thought she was cheering me on. And then it dawned on me, hold on a second. Why would she be here Uh cheering on her husband who's running the full? I've gone too far. So I turned around. I probably went, I bet I went, I don't know, maybe 200 yards. And you still PR'd that day. And I still PR'd. So I'm thinking that if I don't do that this time, (laughs) and it's a good day, like it was weather-wise last time, that maybe I can PR. So, and you ran by my PBR stop. Mm-hmm. But did you, oh, yeah, you yelled at me, didn't you? Yeah, but I probably didn't stop because at that no, you point, didn't stop. You I was going. trying to make up time. The PBR stop is, um, I think the first PBR stop person uh, last year ran like a 137 or something. Yeah. So fast, but not like the front, front, front. But the party crowd is the two to two and a half hour crowd. Okay. Because those are usually, not always, I mean, some people are, people are running for PRs in that time frame as well. Sure. Don't get offended if that's what no. your PR is, 2.15, but that's usually the party crowd. The yeah. people that are having a good time, they're even like, if they're trying there. to PR, like, they're, they're the party crowd. Yeah. So that's when I see the most people. I'm not going to be at the PBR stop this year because I'm running Because you're running the it. Full. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're doing the full. Okay. Which yes. one? Uh, Glenn's going to, like, run with me. Okay. Like, me running the full fast. 
like trying to PR is like him like hanging out and sure, chilling. Sure. But he's gonna like try to encourage me. Encourage I don't know if this is gonna like ruin our marriage or strengthen our marriage. Yeah, that's Casey and I don't run together because we find that it uh, does the that ruins our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, well, he so Casey isn't. Um, he likes to run. He doesn't run as much as I do, and he would admit he's not as fast as I am. I uh-huh. mean, I'm not like super fast, but I'm faster than him, uh-huh. and so. He ran the Monumental for the first time last year. It was his first half marathon. Aww. Yeah, and I was super proud was of him. Is that condescending how I said, aw? No, no. <laughs> um, and he he ran it pretty – I mean, he did it in, I think, 2.03. Yeah. So he wants to beat his time this year. Oh, he's going to do it. Well, he now he's telling me he's going to do run with me. So he's going to go from, he thinks, a 203 to like a 145. Well, if he follows your <laughs> so, training hey, plan that I write, maybe he will. Maybe he will. It's hard for us to run. Like, you guys run a lot together with your stroller. Because we, of the, oh, yeah. I don't know why. We just don't love, I, I'll do it, but I don't love it. If I'm going out for a run, I really like to listen yeah. to my music mm-hmm. or your podcast. And I'd like to just, like, veg and run. I don't really like to be with my kids I know. when I run. I mean, me sound like a really bad mom, but... Not at all. I just need my time. Well, I think I run so much more than you, though, that, like, do. I do get a lot of solo runs in, too. Yes. Um, and we, we do take the kids... Like, if we're going for a run on, like, a Sunday, for instance, we'll run with all of them. And I think our kids... I think we're a little bit lucky, but I also think, like, they've been running in the stroller since they were, like, born. Yeah. And so they're kind of... They've been trained. Yes. Yeah. Um, But, like, we just, on Saturday mornings, man, we utilize the Y child care. Yeah. And that's just our thing, though, and we enjoy that, and, you know... No, and we... You know what? I should think... Look into that, because the JCC, where they go, has child care. I wonder if they let you leave the... Grounds oh, that run. you're not... You know That's what? the lucky thing about our Y, and a lot of Ys no. don't let you do that, but they let you go run outside. Yeah, because he wants to run on a treadmill. I ugh, I did not like running and on I, treadmills. And I don't mind treadmills either. No? No. So Sarah just filled out her questionnaire, and I'm going to write up her plan, probably have it done this weekend, but she kind of was giving me some information on, on what she does and stuff. And one thing she's maybe not going to like, which I feel like most people don't like when I write them a training plan, is that I slow down your easy-paced runs so much. Really? Yes. So what, are you, what is my pace going to be? Well, if you want to run, okay, so I'm just pulling this, like... So my pace was, last year I ran it in, like, I think it was one, yeah, 148 something, and my pace was 820, 819 maybe. So 819, and that's your half marathon pace. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what do you run your easy runs in? Uh, well, I'm terrible because I try to run it all at that pace. Right. Yeah, exactly. I do, like I went out for a three, just a three mile run this morning and I was so frustrated. I looked down at my watch and I was like, 845? Yeah. What the heck is happening to me? You know, so, and then I get out in my head. Let me put this into perspective for you. So if I were to go race a half marathon in three weeks, I would probably try to run like 655 pace. For the half? Yes. That you're trying to race? Yes. Okay. That would be a realistic goal for me right now. Okay. If I tried to run that pace on my regular runs every day, I would literally just run myself to the ground. Oh, so, interesting. And then for the full marathon this fall, I'm probably going to try to run like 7-10 pace or something like that. Wow, that's amazing, Lindsay. Well, my easy pace runs are like anywhere between 8.30 and 9.30. Oh my gosh. Yes. So that, no, I'm going to love that. <laughs> right. Like if I, so Glenn and I ran 16 miles easy last weekend. It was supposed to be an easy run. And I ran, my fastest mile was probably like 835. Wow. And my slowest was probably like 915. Well, and that, when I was running those 835s, like I was like 
it was a little bit of an effort just because my legs were tired for running from running 16 miles. But that's the most common thing Steak. I see with runners is that they run their easy runs too fast. fast. And then, so then you don't have as much energy in the tank to like kill a really sick workout that's going right. to really help you on racing. But we'll talk about all that later. But interesting, yeah. That's that's an well. One of the podcasts you did, I just listened to it a couple weeks ago, and it was about like, oh gosh, I'm sorry, I forget her name. But she was talking all about how she just strategized wrong on race day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ate wrong, eating you know the eating I knew about. But when she was like, I strategized the way that I ran. I remember thinking, what in the world? People strategize the way that they run. Uh huh. I mean, I literally, my strategy is yeah. I have to run the whole time I'm running. If my watch does not say faster than 819, I'm not going to PR. Like, uh-huh. seems pretty simple. Uh-huh. What happens to me is that I get in my head, and, and if I see look down and I'm going 830 for, you know, a few, a quarter of a mile, I flip out. Because mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to, I have to make it up now. Yeah. I'm not going to PR. And what a waste. And I've, I've trained so much. And I, so maybe you can help me get out of my oh, head. Oh, totally. And... Um, there's also something to be said for the fact, and we'll talk about this really quick, is that Sarah CrossFits too. Yeah. And I really want to keep CrossFitting. Yeah. Yeah. I love CrossFit. There is something to be said for like, if you're someone that's running 20 miles a week or like 50 miles a week, obviously if you're running 50 miles a week, a lot of your miles are going to be easy miles. So a lot of your miles will be harder miles because you're not running as many miles. Makes sense. So that makes sense. But yeah, there's all kinds of strategy. And that's what, yeah, that's what I said in a text out. When we were texting about the plan, I was like, there's lots to think about, lots of strategy. We'll go into that. No, that's interesting. And maybe you're, yeah, I'm sure your listeners are probably maybe running right now even and thinking, thinking like, uh, how did she not know? How did Sarah not know no, this? No, <laughs> you know, I think that there's so many, the listeners of the show, there's like such a gam, like the wide gamut. Is that, does yeah. that word work? Yeah. Okay. Range that's of people right. that, um, you've got new people, you've got people that have been doing it for years. But man, like my marathon pace effort like seven ten pace. That's nuts. That's fast. And so, like this Saturday, we have an eighteen mile run, and I'm going to try to do six to eight miles around seven ten pace. And like, if I try to run seven ten pace, even yeah, my full marathon pace, easy. I mean, that is an effort. Yeah, you'd be gas. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, cool. Well, I'm glad to know that. What CrossFit uh, studio do you go to? I do CrossFit Bro- uh, Broad Ripple CrossFit. CrossFit. Okay. Yeah, and I actually came across it when I was training for my one and only half ma- or full marathon. Okay. I think there'll be another one at some point in the future, a, okay. a full, but not not right now. Um, and when I was training for that, I, I remember thinking how sick I was of running, uh-huh. and I would run by the CrossFit, you know, because I would run on the Monon, right. and CrossFit Broad Ripple yep. is right there on the Monon. And so my running partner and I would see it, and I was like, that looks cool. I really want to do cross-training, like... I want to be done with this running. So, I mean, literally, we ran the full in October and um, 2012, and I think I signed up for CrossFit like November mm-hmm. of 2012. Ready to move on to something. Yeah, else. and I've been doing it ever since, and I love it. And so, I it's a hard, you know, it's hard because I really want to like be toned and build muscle, and running sometimes contradicts that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you obviously you're toned and you have muscle, but it's also you know I get really lean mm-hmm. when I run. I mean, almost like when I was training for my full marathon, I, I remember thinking, I don't really love the way I look right now. Like I feel too, I don't know, I, I too thin. Like it just doesn't feel like me. Like I want more muscle mass than this. So I probably wasn't eating enough. Yeah. You know, so there's just that whole balance of like eating enough protein and still lifting and then being able to run. And then, oh, by the way, I have like my own business and two kids. And well, that's what I was going to ask you. When do you CrossFit? Morning. You do early? Yeah. 
So like how many days? So like so I do six a either six a.m. or six thirty a.m. And do you like Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Yep, I usually do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's okay, exactly it. Yep. So or then, sometimes I'll do a, I'll throw in a Saturday class. Um, so then, when I, do you make time to run? So then I'll run on, like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Do you do that in the morning, or do you do that? Yeah, always. I do everything in the morning. Really? Always. Do you run outside in the dark? Yeah. Yeah, when I was training for Monumental, I, I had like a headlamp, mm. and um, so I would wear my headlamp and I my reflective vest, and I remember doing my, lo- I think I did like a 10-miler once, and I started it at maybe, I don't know, 5.15 or something During in the morning. The During the week. Yeah, I had to get it done, and it was pretty early, and it was pretty dark, and it, I didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. I don't really want to do that again. I don't like running in the dark by myself. Yeah. Okay, so we have to move to the end of our podcast questions, which makes me always makes me sad, but a couple of things. Garth Brooks is coming to Indy. Yes. So, so I, I grew up sort of listening to country music. And for the most part, I listen to things like music like My Morning Jacket, or I go old school like John Mellencamp. I like that kind of music. But I still love country. Yep. And I remember in high school, my sister bought the Garth Brooks box set. Nice. And I listen to that all the time. So I'm like, I swear I'm going to know all the words to every song. But we're both going to go. Yes. October 7th. So he just announced, I think yesterday, that he was coming to Indy with um, Trisha. As his wife, for those of you who don't know, Trisha Yearwood, <laughs> and um, they haven't been to Indy in I think 21 years. Wow! And um, and so yeah, they're coming to Banker's Life on October the seventh. So Casey and I saw Garth in January for the I saw him live for the first time. I don't remember if he had seen him before, but um, we went to celebrate our anniversary nine years. Or, oh, yeah. Well, I guess sorry, it was eight. We're gonna we're coming up on nine, but you just celebrated nine. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday, just yeah. so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so we were celebrating our eight year anniversary and, um, we went and saw him in Cincinnati and I liked Garth Brooks, but I'm a huge country fan and I would not say he was even in my top five Mm -hmm. until I saw him live and realized that I knew every single song. Yeah. You don't realize how many songs you hear like at the bar from Uh college. I was like, this takes me right back, you know, to IU or to high school or, um, it was hands down the best concert I've ever seen in my life. He is an amazing performer. For that concert, we had fifth row tickets, so we were wow. on the floor. We could basically like see him sweat. So that probably played into sure. it. But it was amazing. I'm so excited that he's coming to Indy. I said to Glenn last night, we were at Livery, and I was like, hey, um, I-, I told him, you texted me about Garth. Yeah. And I don't think anybody else in Supper Club mm, I is think Kristen, Kristen and Emily were like, pass. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think they're country fans. Um, and I, Glenn has dragged me to so many concerts, which I'm so thankful for because he's opened my eyes to so much good music. But it's always yeah. me going to a show with him, like sure. for his band. And now he's going to come with you. Yeah, because I was like, you don't have to go because my sister would love to go with me. Yeah, and I like, I want to go with you, you guys. Yeah. Um, but last night he goes... I'm only going if you can guarantee that he's going to play Thunder Rolls. And he will. Yeah. <laughs> he will. He did and he will. He plays everything. Yeah. Every, I don't, we, when we left that concert, I remember Casey and I thinking, we were talking about it and it was like, there's nothing he didn't play. Like going through the whole list. Mm-hmm. All I of mean, everything. He played it. Is Casey, has he always been a country fan? Yeah, he okay. has. I, one of my, one of my like, Casey has a cowboy hat. I don't, it's not in the office, but um, he, yeah, one of my favorite images of him in college was like wearing a cowboy Aww. hat at, at like, you know, after he had a couple cocktails. Uh-huh. And I was like, he's so hot. Cocktails or like <laughs> Keystone Lights. You know, right, Keystone Lights. We did Lights. not drink cocktails in college. Well, well, if it was a cocktail, it was with like Kamchaka. Oh, 
vodka, right? Makes oh. you like sick just thinking about it. I yeah. know. Seriously. Dark yeah. eyes. Mm. Is that a, is that one? I don't know if what's, I've had the, that. What's the worst vodka? Dark eyes, Kamchatka. No, Kamchatka has to be two. the worst. Ugh. Ugh. So bad. Dark eyes so is up there. So bad. And I would drink it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, oh. just, I just would. Yeah. I didn't even complain about it. Uh-uh. <laughs> Washed I, it right down with a natty light. I know. Oh, <laughs> so I can gross. remember just like taking shots of like Kamchaka before going out. Oh yeah. And oh, in our sorority. Well, I probably shouldn't say that. I won't say which. No, house. no. Yeah. We would take shots of vodka before yeah. we would go out. I know. I actually, I took a shot of vodka the other day. Really? Yes. We, when I had, I had my girls weekend. Was my, it a good vodka? No, okay. it wasn't. It was smeared off. Oh. So we had, I had a girls weekend uh, with my friend, three of my other friends, two of whom are pregnant. And they weren't taking shots. Obviously. So like <laughs> my, and my friend Sarah and I, Sarah is always down for a good time. Uh-huh. Never leaves the party early. Always. Yes. Always down for a good time. And we were all going out to dinner and I was feeling tired because we had been like on the, um, on the lake for a lot of the day and. Right. So I was like, you needed to pick me up. I drank a little mini Coke mm-hmm. and then I was like, the perfect thing to do now to like wake up and get excited for dinner, it would be to take a shot. Sure. And so there was some lime flavored Smirnoff vodka. Oh man. I know, but I went for it. Did you? Did you? Well, did it taste like, isn't there, isn't Coke lime? Isn't that like a thing? I did a really good job, um, throwing it back. Mm-hmm. Like I did a really good job not tasting it. Yeah. If you know what I right, mean. Right. Right. It you was almost like, like this is Lindsay, a necessity. you must have like been good at this at one point right? in your life because it just came back to <laughs> it's me. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. Um, oh so yeah. Anyway, yeah. That was the, I think that was the first time I've taken a shot in a really long time. Yeah. I don't do shots anymore. No, we're too old for no, that. No, thanks. So let's do our end of the podcast questions. Are you so prepared? Um, well, no. <laughs> I still don't know what I'm going to say for a couple of them, but we'll wing it. Well, we've just talked about how you've just taken a really big step in your professional career. Um, and you, we've maybe already answered this, but what's one thing personally or professionally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Ooh, that is a good one. Um, I, I guess then it would probably be, like I said, my goal for the business would be to hire some, hire some employees and, um, you know, have have a little bit of my own office space downtown or somewhere and, you know, just continue to grow, to grow the business. Where, where's somewhere you'd like to travel that you've never been? Oh my gosh. Casey and I love Europe. Um, and we would, I'd love to go back to Europe. We've talked a lot about going to, um, Chile Mm. and we're both big wine drinkers. And, um, so I don't drink vodka anymore. Now I just drink really (laughs) good wine. And so we've actually talked about taking a trip to, Chile. And you know, okay, so I used to always say Chile. And I my did girlfriend too. my girlfriend just went there and came back and schooled me. So it's actually Chile. Um, so do you feel like you have to make an effort to say it like I that? I do, because I have to think about it before I, I say it. Um, so anyway, that's we would love to go there. And we're actually talking about going there for our nine-year wedding anniversary. Sans kids, obviously. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who watches your kids when you do stuff like that? Our wonderful parents, yeah. both sides. Yeah, they usually kind of split it up. Like, if we're doing a trip like that, it'll be about, you know, it'll be a week. And so... And- by the way, her parents or his parents don't live here locally, so yeah. she's not one of you spoiled people no, who has that I'm like on the regular. It has no. to be like a planned thing. Oh yeah, my parents live in Ohio, and Casey's parents live in Evansville. So nope, we have we hire sitters, or we they come and stay with us, and they're with the kids, and they're wonderful. Is there anybody in the world you're? I don't know if jealous is the right term, but for me, it, it is true jealousy and bitterness that people that have grandparents that live 
right next door or whatever that watch their kids on the regular all the time. Yeah, I mean, I so have... So jealous of you. I Well, I'm even jealous of my, my brother and sister-in-law. They live down, the, like, well, a couple, you know, maybe 15 minutes from my parents, and I'll call my parents' house. They have a pool, and, you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, the kids are all over here swimming in the pool, and I'm thinking, man, not only do I would it be nice just to have, like, the child care, I would really like to spend time with them. Yeah. But we made the choice to live in Indy, and we love Indy. So. Yeah. It's just the little things, like, for instance, I'm just navigating this now. Marshall's school gets out at 3 now. Yep. And that is, like, right when Lewis and Russell are napping. So yeah. I literally have to wake, wake them, them up, up to go pick them up. And I'm like, man, if my parents lived in this town, I could have, like, I could, like, put them down to a nap at my mom's house. And, yeah. like, I'm just going to go get him, and I'll be back here. I mean, just so many little convenience things. Yeah, so if you are one of those people that has that luxury... You know how lucky you I don't are. want to hear about your complaints. No. <laughs> Not to mention, like, man, we spend a lot of money on babysitters. No kidding. Like, so much money, and... I very much value that time, so it's worth it to me, uh, but it's definitely something you have to consider when you're working on like your budget and things like that, because that's a big expense, Yep. but it's worth it. Um, if you Okay, here's the big one. Okay. We were texting about this this morning, okay. and we're still planning. I'm so nervous. What if you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? Okay, so I thought about this, and I have no good messages, except <laughs> that, here. so it's obviously, I got put on this podcast at a very like volatile time in our country with the happenings of this last weekend, um, and so, you know, one of the things I think that bothers me is... I see people on social media just ranting about mm-hmm. everything that's going on in the world. And my message to the world would be, put down your social media and go do something mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Go do something. I don't care what it is. Whatever you want to do. Whether you want to buy groceries for someone today or go work at a homeless shelter or just hold the door for someone because you want to be kind. Like, How about you do that instead of utilizing the time on social media, just bashing whomever it is, whatever side you're on or you're against. Like, let's just put it all away for a minute and start putting our words into action. Have you seen the SNL skit about the social media guy who, like, every time something happens, he he's sitting on the couch just, like, doing nothing, and he just, like, posts about it on social media, and it's, like, this big, like... That's his action. No, but I feel like I have... You need to Google yeah. that because it's hysterical. It just makes... it. It's like maddening to yeah. me. And obviously, I'm reading it, so I'm obviously on social media too. But like... And anyway, I'm not saying you can't post. I just feel like everyone could be do a lot better job of putting words into action. Doing instead of just posting. Well, yep. I've struggled with that a little bit with, with um, what's this past week because I see a lot of people posting like, if you're not saying anything, if you're being silent then you're not doing anything. And I'm thinking, to I haven't posted anything about it on any of my social media because I'm thinking, I don't really know what to say. And by me saying something on social media, I don't know who that's really affecting. And also, like, you don't, you, not you, but like, no one gets to decide how I show my support or my, like, or my disapproval for anything else. I'll decide that. And I I guess my point is like, I I would rather put that, put that into action and be kind to a stranger or I've, one of my favorite things to do is buy um, groceries for people. My, my, family, my dad and brothers, and they like, we challenge each other, uh, each other to do this. And I am not kidding. The smile it puts on someone's face when you say, Hey, can I buy your groceries? And it doesn't have to be like someone who you view as low income. I mean, I've bought some girl's lunch. who was wearing 
Lululemon yoga pants and was at Whole Foods. Like the girl could afford her lunch, but she was like, that's really nice. And now I'm going to go pay it forward. And I'm not trying to profess that I'm like the nicest person on the planet. I'm just saying that I feel like there's so much hate in the world already. I don't need your hate on my social media page also. Yeah. Go do something about it. So I always listen to the happy hour with Jamie Ivey and she... Um, she's interviewed this woman named Latasha on her podcast and she formed this organization called be the bridge and it's all about like racial reconciliation and things like that. So uh, in the light of everything that's been going on, I was like on her website trying to figure out, okay, like how do I get involved? Like, what do I need to do? That's awesome. But instead of like, just like posting a blanket statement, I'm trying to figure out, trying to figure out what you can do. How can I be part of this? Yep. You know? Right. So anyway, yeah. So, what are you loving right now? Um, Moving I, on to something a little yeah, bit lighter. lighter. I'm loving um, summer with my kids. That mm-hmm. probably sounds really pat, like really padded answer. But I love um, watching Henry swim. He's doing swim lessons, and he's a really good little swimmer, Aww. and he loves it. And so, Ellis, my daughter, and I will go to the pool while he does his lesson, and she and I'll you know be in the shallow end or the baby pool while he swims with the with the coach. And I'm loving that. It's one of my, I look forward to it every week. We do it on Thursdays. Another perk of being able to have my own business is I can I can make that lesson at four o'clock and mm-hmm. go pick them up early from school and go and it's great. Yeah. Um, what is the best most recent book you've read? Um, I am reading right now Glass Castle. Oh, right. Which I really like. Um, if you haven't read it, it's very good. I'm only about fifty percent of the way through. Um, but I, I love Settle for More by uh, Megan Kelly. She was a, um, she worked for Fox News and then um, recently jumped ship. And I think she, I think she's going to NBC. I hope I got that right. ABC or NBC? I think it's I NBC. Think NBC. Yeah. Um, Is she joining the Today Show? Um, well, t- no. Oh. I don't think so. No, she's, a, I don't think she's, is she joining the Today Show? I think she's going to be a commentator. I mean, a, like a reporter, like an anchor, like she was on Fox. Who, somebody recently left today or something, and I feel like they were like moving over. Somebody said like, oh, making room for Megyn Kelly. Now I can't remember. I could be wrong. I didn't, I didn't think she was going into that entertainment type role. I could be very, very wrong about that. Anyway, she wrote Settle for More. um, And And I have that on my list in Goodreads ever since you recommended it. It is fabulous. I mean, I like it because it talks a lot about like struggling as a journalist and starting out. But then she also goes into her dealings with, um, you know, just some controversial issues that she had with bosses. She talks a lot about her interviews with Donald Trump, which are, um, the topic itself is very interesting. You know, whether you like Donald Trump or not doesn't matter because it's just, it's history, what she writes about, and it's interesting to read. So, well, she was very critical of Donald Trump, wasn't she? She was. Yeah. And then it talks about the backlash that came from that and then how they reconciled, which yeah. was, which I'll leave to the reader to decide about. I mean, it's very interesting. Okay. I'm, so settle I for more. on my list. Okay. Um, do you listen to podcasts? Yours. I know. No, I do. I like, I listen to some. Yeah. What do you listen to? I listen to God-Centered Mom. Oh, yeah. I like that one a lot. I also did the whole, um, I did the serial um, series, and then I did S-Town recently. Yeah. I'm pushing Oprah on everybody. I, oh, making Oprah? I started, I started it. Well, no, I haven't started making Oprah, but Oprah herself, Oprah herself has a new podcast. Oh, okay. Soul Conversations. Oh, cool. She, you have, so everybody listening right now. Like Oprah needs me pushing her yes, podcast. She's struggling. I, yeah, she's. Struggling. No one knows her. I think that she launched and she was literally number one on the charts. I'm um, sure. But everything her she touches turns to gold. With Cheryl Sandberg, 
is so good. I also read Lean In, loved it. Um, love Cheryl Sandberg. I want to read her new book. Option B. And I've had several people on this podcast recommend that book, but man, I was like crying when I listened to the interview, but also like it ends with like so much hope and you know, our friend Emily, we were talking to this about her. She's like, I can't go there right now. Like, yeah, with, you know, what's happened this week in our country and just everything. I just, I can't put myself in a more emotional, vulnerable situation. But man, when you are in a place where you can listen to it, that interview is so good. Just the way she dealt with it, with her kids and, um, cause her husband passed away two years yep. ago, suddenly yeah. total, total random thing. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, that's, it was so sad. One of the best happened. interviews I've ever listened to, to be completely honest. Well, my girl, Oprah, she always gets I mean, it right. I should probably be really taking true notes when I listen to Oprah <laughs> interview. Um, what is a nonprofit you like to support? Um, my brother and sister-in-law have started a nonprofit called Joyride, and it's in honor of their son, Carter, who has Dandy Walker syndrome, which is like a rare brain abnormality that he was born with. So Joyride is an exclusive car club for um, children with special needs. So basically, they took the approach that like we want to have, we want to give kids with special needs an opportunity to not be on the sidelines, to be a part of a, of, of a club that's just for them. So um, their first event is next weekend, and there'll be all these high-end, unique cars like Maseratis, Lamborghinis, Aston Martins, um, uh, some of them I don't, haven't even ever heard of before. <laughs> um, and these kids, these members, will have an opportunity to come and ride in the cars. They, they go around this track and... Um, it's really exciting. And in fact, they, they capped it at 60 members and it's their first event. So they kind of weren't thinking they would get 60 members and they just reached 60 last night, Aww. a week early. That's so, so um, I'm helping him with media for that, but okay. I'm also, um, just really supportive of the, it's been his dream and his passion and I'm really supportive of it. And is that happening in Ohio? So it's happening live? in Ohio, but I didn't, I think they fully intend to bring Joyride, um, to Indiana. Um, so joyridecars.org. Oh, awesome. I love that. Yep. Okay. Well, I want to just like stay at your house all day because I love it so much. Oh, you're so nice. Thanks. I have, it's not going to be very fun later when everybody comes home, but it's quiet right now. I hear that. (laughs) Thank you everybody for listening today. You guys don't forget to check out Kind Snacks, the offer they are um, offering listeners, kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay. And for $5.99, you can get 10 bars. They literally just deliver it to your door. And then sign your kids up for the 500 Festival Mini Mini. It's going to be a blast Saturday, September 7th. Sunday. Sunday. I keep doing that. (laughs) Sunday, September 17th. And that's the weekend we're going to Nashville. Oh, that's right. That is the same weekend. Yes. Sarah, Kristen, Emily, and I, our supper club crew, we're leaving the kids with the boys. I wonder if they'll do something together. And we're going to Nashville for the weekend. But anyway, it's that Sunday when we get back, and it's going to be a blast. You guys can use the code ANOTHER17 to get $3 off your registration. And yeah, come to my live show. Come I'll be meet there. Sarah. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. All right, you guys. Have a wonderful day. Have a great weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday. 